Joy to the World. I'm sure as you see that title, you think about the hymn already and you're humming it in your mind. We learned this summer through our series songs how much music does play a part in our lives, how important that is. I know when I hear those words to the hymn we just sang or hear that scripture from Isaiah and hear those words, comfort, comfort my people, I often think of music that has to do with that also. 250 years ago, some 250 years, maybe a little more, George Frederick Handel used that scripture as the opening line for his masterpiece, Messiah. I remember the first time that I heard those words, I was a little kid. My music teacher, elementary music teacher, had invited us to a concert at our local high school where they were performing Messiah. It's not that I wasn't familiar with the music from Messiah, but all we had growing up as kids was an LP of the Easter music. I had never heard, didn't even know there was Christmas music. And so I remember hearing those opening strains of that tenor aria, Comfort, Comfort Ye, My People, and thinking what a beautiful piece of music that was. Over the years, I was fortunate to be able to sing in many choirs for Messiah, and finally got to the point where I was able to sing those words. You know, those words take on different meaning as you grow. They started out to just simply be lyrics to a song that you learn to perform, and then they take on that meaning that you look at in the scriptures, and you think about those people. You think about their longing and their need. You think about thousands of years that had taken place since the prophecy that Messiah would come and the faithful holding on to that, you think about just that need, that someday Messiah would come, that need for hope, that need for redemption. And I love the words that Isaiah says speak tenderly, tenderly to his people, like they are a broken child. It's no wonder that on that night outside the city of Bethlehem, in the darkness of life to simple shepherds, when the angel made the announcement that comfort had finally arrived and that the world could rejoice. In our series through this Advent season, Joy to the World, we're going to look at each week one of the verses of that carol as Isaac Watts put them together examining each one, thinking about the theme that that brings and presents us. You know, it's interesting as a Christmas carol, joy to the world isn't one of those things that has any mention in it of Mary and Joseph, of a baby, of shepherds, of angels, of a manger, of wise men. The only verse that really ties us in to have it be Christmas is that second phrase, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Maybe as Watts was writing that hymn, he thought about those words from Isaiah, that comfort and what that truly meant to the world. That if that comfort had come in the person of Jesus Christ, the world truly could now have joy. For the Lord has come. You know, that word joy, I think, is a word that eludes us so many times, escapes our understanding especially if you were to look in Webster to see what's the definition of joy. It says this, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. A feeling 
of great pleasure and happiness. I think it escapes us because feelings mean something to us. Feelings have to do with our situations. Feelings have to do with our circumstances in life. If things are going well, if all is well, then we can have joy because our situation gives us pleasure. It gives us happiness. You know, think about that for a moment when the shepherds heard that announcement. There they were on that hillside. Good news of great joy, the angel said to them. I'm sure they looked around at each other and said, wow, this is incredible, but we're still shepherds. That hasn't changed. Our circumstance is still the same. And remember that shepherds were despised people. They were smelly. And they were dirty. They were outcasts. They were the lowest rung on the social level. In fact, it's said that every Jewish mother would pray over their children, God, please don't let my child grow up to be a shepherd. So I'm sure when that word came, joy, they looked at each other and said, joy, aren't we the same? If we're going to tie it into life circumstances, if it's going to have to do with our situation. But I think that alone tells us there's more to this word joy than just a feeling. You know, Luke records in those words from the angels a phrase that appears only here in all of Scripture, of three words that are combined together. It says this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Savior, Christ, Lord. Those only appear here, and they're tied to a baby. They are not tied to an earthly ruler. You see, joy is encompassed in those three words, not in a feeling, not in a circumstance. In the Old Testament, that word Savior has to do with being delivered from our enemies and rescued And it's never tied to the Messiah in the Old Testament, which is important to understand because the people never realized that Messiah would be the Savior. It's always tied in the Old Testament to God being the Savior. So they missed the fact that Messiah to be the Savior to that announcement would also have to be God. That God was the one who would defeat all things, even death. In fact, Isaiah 43, 11 says this, I... Even I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. So I think for us to understand joy this morning, we need to know what it means to have a Savior. Maybe more than that, we need to know what it means to need a Savior. And that's a hard thing for us. That's part of our dilemma of life. Because we are so self-sufficient in our never-ending drives to be in charge and to do all things that it blinds us to a need to be rescued by a Savior. We cannot save ourselves, and yet we think in our lives and in our society, all the things that we are able to accomplish, those will do that for us. Our technology cannot save us. Our science cannot save us. Our medicine cannot save us. Our cleverness cannot save us. Our brilliance cannot save us. Our generosity cannot save us. For each one of us, the time will come and our brain will stop functioning. 
and our heart will stop beating, and our breath will be no more, and we will die, and we cannot save ourselves from that. We need a Savior. Maybe you've heard the story of a young girl named Anis Ayla. She was a 16-year-old that was diagnosed with a very rare form of leukemia, so rare that within five years of the diagnosis, that diagnosis she was expected to die. Well, of course, in something like that, they begin to look for a bone marrow transplant, the only hope that she would have of something that would give her a life extension. And they began that search, her family, throughout the nation to find a donor that would match, but none was found. In fact, her only brother wasn't a match for her. The only thing the doctor said that could happen is she needs somebody with her DNA in order to save her. But no one existed. So the family got together. And mom and dad decided that the only thing they could do was to have another child. But this was up against the odds. Dad had had a vasectomy and it needed to be reversed. There's only a 40% chance that that would work. Mom was already 43 years old, only a 10% chance that she would be able to conceive. And then even against all those odds, if they were able to, the child had a one in four chance that she would be a match for her sister. But against all those odds, they went forward. And they had a baby. The baby's name was Marissa. And she was born, and they did an initial test to see if her bone marrow would be right, and it was. It was an exact match for her sister. But here now comes another problem. It's already three years down the line from that initial diagnosis. The clock is ticking. And now they're going to have to wait another 14 months for Marissa to be strong enough to extract that bone marrow for her sister. Finally, the time came. Both girls still alive. Anissa barely able to make it as she neared that deadline of those five years. But they extracted the bone marrow from her sister, gave it to her, and were able to save her. What an incredible story. Miracle after miracle. Miracle baby born to save her sister. But isn't that the case in our lives, in our terminal lives where we cannot save ourselves from death? That we too needed a baby to be born for us in order to save us? He had to have our DNA, but it was different than ours. His would be perfect. And he had to be more than just a human being in order to just save one life. He had to be eternal God in order, as the gospel said, that the whole world might be saved through him. You see, that's part of that announcement. A savior, one to save us, who is Messiah, who is the Lord. That word in the Old Testament, Lord, refers to God. It occurs over 9,000 times, and over 6,000 times it's used to refer to that word Yahweh, the eternal God, the rescuer, the redeemer. You see, that word meant that this baby that was born was not only one who could save, but one who had the power over life and death and one who could save the entire world to bring to it joy. You know, we don't just find joy in this narrative at Christmas, 
But joy is found all through the scripture. And in fact, Luke in his gospel uses this exact word that is in this phrase from the angel. Great ti good tidings of great joy throughout his scripture in many different ways. I want you to see some of those. That word is used here in 8.13, joy over hearing the gospel. Those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. Joy over the power of Jesus' name. The 70 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. Joy over sinners repenting when Jesus says, in the same way I tell you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Joy at the resurrection when the disciples are in the presence of Jesus while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement. He said to them, have you anything to eat? And joy at his ascension and reign after, and, and they after worshiping him returned to Jerusalem with great joy. You see, joy bound up in the entire life of our Savior. Not bound up in life circumstances and life situations, but in the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection and the reign of Jesus Christ who came into this world. Joy that isn't just a feeling, but joy that brings to us hope. Joy that brings to us courage. Remember the angel saying, fear not. This joy brings courage. Joy that brings to us comfort. Comfort to know that we do not need to search the world for someone to save us, but our God comes to search for us, to redeem us, and to find us. And it's joy that lives within us as every heart prepares Him room. And it's a joy that must be shared. There's an old story that talks about the angels in heaven preparing as a choir to sing a magnificent song that God had for them. They worked on it for many, many weeks, perfecting it, getting it right. And finally, when the time came that God said, I think you're ready to sing it, he said, but I need to let you know one thing. You will only perform this song once and then never again. Well, they were somewhat discouraged. They'd worked so hard. Why was that the case? They didn't understand. And finally, the time came that God said to them, tonight, tonight is the night you are going to sing this song. And so as he led them out of heaven to a hillside outside of Bethlehem, finally in the singing, they began to understand. As they spoke those words, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill toward men, they realized that this song that they had worked so long and hard on was an announcement of the Savior's birth. Well, when they were done, God took them back into heaven. Many of them still wondered why they'd never get to perform it. It was such a beautiful song, so incredible, a song of just joy and wonder. And one angel finally got the courage up to ask God and said, why is it that we can never sing this song again? And God responded, my son has been born and now the earth must do the singing. You see, we are the ones who must spread this joy, spread this message that the Savior Christ the Lord has come into this world. 
that we have been redeemed by him, that we have been found, that he has rescued us from our terminal state and given us life and made us new again and given us a place with him forever that can never be taken. Truly, this is joy to the world because the Lord has come. Amen.